Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as handy as a Robert Lewandowski hat-trick against Hertha, fancy advice as delightful as Iago's own goal of the season contender, and two pundits who taught Max Kruser and Tyro Awanyi everything they know about telepathic understanding. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 4, and joining me as always, he is the fantasy Fußball got Flo Reinecke. Flo, did you enjoy the international break, my friend? Oh, yeah, kind of. Although I always prefer Bundesliga football to international breaks. Uh, that's just the way it is. But it's a bit less work. So that's definitely something I enjoy. Although I have yeah. to say I, I was on a stack do last weekend and I'm like, I'm still in recovery mode and it's Thursday. <laughs> well, that, that just means it was a good stack do. You did it right. Yeah, you could say that or you could say that like I'm getting old. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's like it's getting to I'll me. Let, I'll let you say that part. Being out until four o'clock in the morning isn't my strongest side anymore <laughs> I, I think at one point in your life you have to admit that but yeah it's still worse it was great so yeah hey every now and again you could just about survive it so i'm glad you enjoyed yourself it sounded like a fun time and in venice we've got a, a fun time coming up this weekend with the bundesliga returning unlimited transfers something we've talked about a lot in this show already this season and now we kind of get to capitalize on it fully for the first time with that knowledge of what happened match day one to three in the backs of our minds as well but someone put it recently this week i read it somewhere you know fantasy is not about what has happened in the past it's about anticipating what happens in the future that's what we're here to do today and we'll start with some listener questions because we had a fair few of them in and Flo I'll pitch this one to you straight away because I know we've talked about it in bits and pieces before but a question from at John underscore slow underscore said he'd be interested to hear your take on your star man strategy when do you switch how many points is enough and how do you get over the regret of not switching so I don't really have this regretting of not switching or switching <laughs> if I saw things through I mean it's like we always stress that it's a game of probabilities so if you're feeling that you're giving yourself the the best shot and it's like the the dice just rolls in another direction there's really no need to beat yourself up about it and i think i learned that in like the years playing fantasy games that not like i make my decision and like i'm going with it i only have regrets if afterwards i feel like my thought process was wrong um, so I, I would advise you all to to do it the same way. It's like, I mean, last show we talked about Roussillon and like he's not likely to pick up a big points hole. And of course he scores a goal, yep. <laughs> um, which is a winner. But if, but and gets a clean if you look <laughs> at how many goals does Jerome Roussillon score, it's, it was a highly unlikely event. So uh, these things happen, but it's not uh, like you can't beat yourself. Like some random defender will always score goals on a match day. Don't, uh, and you don't have to feel like, oh, if only I would have picked this player. You're just, uh, you're just chasing points at this point. What doesn't mean that Roussillon can't be a good pick this week. But And I, I prefix answering this question because I don't think there's a real, like, there's no definite answer to that. You have to weigh in, like, who's, who are the players who's coming next? So do you have a defender that's playing at Bayern Munich from VfL Bochum, who's your only defender left? And you got four points 
as bonus points from your stamina in defense, I would never think of switching that to the Bochum player. The other way around, you got Alfonso Davis playing third at home and you got 12 points from your star man so far, so six bonus points. I would actually debate maybe change that to Alfonso Davis. So it's always depending on who are the players that you have left and how likely are they to get more points. But, and I think that's another important, like what's their flaw? Last match day, I changed from Haaland. Although he got, how many points did he get? Oh, so Haaland, Haaland got 16, 16. points. Yeah, and yeah 24 with the Starman. It. Did change the Starman because I felt like Schick or Lewandowski both could score a brace or a hat-trick uh, on that match day. So I felt like, and Levy was the last one to play and I felt like, like 10 is the lowest I could even imagine him getting at home against Hatter which would give me five bonus points, which would like be three less points as a worst scenario I could think of than if I would stick with Haaland. And I, I think these are things like do not automatically say, oh, this guy got me 16 points. I, I don't have to change my star man. You could. And I, I think if he was like with Haaland, I think it was the right decision for me to, because I just felt like if anyone scores a brace or more, I'm like, I'm, I'm gaining on everyone that that's holding Haaland as a star man. Which was me. So you gained on me because I did not switch there. And I think, I mean, yeah, to, to chip in here, I mean, that's where I maybe have an element of regret is when I see, I would have been okay with the Haaland decision, except the fact that Lewandowski outscored Haaland with the star man without it. Right. And that's, that's my issue. Haaland came out with 24 points. Lewandowski got 25. That's when I go, oh man, I made a real mistake. If Lewandowski had stayed under 24 points, I could have gone, you know what? I can live with it. But it's those moments that I regret. It's also the moments where you end up, you know, your work gets in the way or something like Flo and I, I'm sure can attest to that. I'm sure there are people that live in the States that maybe the alarm doesn't quite go off or you don't wake up as quickly as you wanted to, to do your fantasy changes. And I mean, that's why Borna Sosa wasn't my star man on the back line on match day one, which was a killer because he ended up getting 28 points. And I definitely lost ground on match day one. I've, I've Somehow I still managed to do well, despite some, I, what I call mistakes with my star men. Of course, the great aim every weekend is to have your highest scorer as your star man in each position at the end of the weekend. That's what we're all aiming for. It doesn't happen every match day, though. No, uh, definitely not. But I'm definitely easier to satisfy in midfield and defense with star man points than up front when like a striker that scores a hat-trick can just change so, so much especially a striker that has a really high floor like Lewandowski or Haaland have in good matchups that I feel like the you, you can't lose that much. If you have more volatile players coming up, then the, the decision would be different. So I would weigh in individually. And I'm, I'm sorry, uh, John, that I can't give you a more like, I, I think you have to develop a feel for, for that yourself but okay let's let me ask you this then flow what's the point tally where you would really question it because i i think about somewhere over 13 points right 13 points with the star man gets you 20 points like that's, that's a really good individual score for a player on a weekend and after that it really has to be something special for me to consider it so where's that yeah. threshold for you yes yeah, it's, it's like nine points which means you get five points extra i think that's where i start looking at my squad and seeing like who can realistically outscore that 
Because you always have to remember you're just counting the bonus points. It doesn't matter how, how much the at the end is like the points haul of your star man. You just count the bonus points you get towards the bonus gun. Like a player got with you star man a player who's got nine points and another guy start a player that got 12 points. The difference is just one. I think that's something you should keep in mind. So Very true. You, you get six bonus points with a player. If you got your 12 points, you get five bonus points with a player. You got your nine points. So I think that's like there is some misconception about the concept of that. So um, uh, keep that in mind. And only like if I have a good score, which is nine points or more, and only have one volatile player le left, I'm usually more likely to keep that because another thing you have to factor in, if you like, if you get a really bad score from a player who's your last choice as a star man and afterwards you got other choices, you might have to swap out your star man because he brings you less points than another player that you got in and you got the situation. I know I've been there where you don't have a star man in a certain position just because even with this star man on him, he was the worst scoring uh, player in that position for you. And that's definitely uh, also something you should factor in. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely got stuck in that position at least once, maybe twice last season with my defender because you went chasing, you went chasing a better score and then ended up having someone that maybe picked up only a single point in his game. And so it was a problem. But there we have talked about strategy a little bit uh, at the top of the show. Let's get into some of the player picks that we'll be looking for or some of the teams are looking to invest in for this next, what is a four match day spell before the next unlimited transfers hit. So we talked about match day one through three being this little mini season. Season. This is mini season number two, match day four through seven. So Flo, I just want to, off the top, ask you, which three sides are you looking at as the most investable during the upcoming four match days? That comes in as a question from at Sprecherfußball, who says, Freiburg seem to have the best fixtures, but are they reliable? Yeah, and I like Freiburg for defense and midfield, not so much up front. I think you can invest in Hatta. Uh, they have three good fixtures in the next four, just like an away game at Leipzig slotted in. But the only club who has on paper four great matchups is Freiburg, and there's no other club. And if you want to check that, I can't stress enough that official DNL on Twitter is providing a, a Google spreadsheet that's just genius and where you can check the next opponents. And... Freiburg and Hertha are playing Bochum and, and third next two match days. And like if I plan two match days ahead, like it's always good to have the big picture in mind, but like you can get carried away by planning too much ahead. Although like we know in four match days there's going to be unlimited transfers again. I would just uh, I wouldn't think like four match days ahead necessarily because with tr three transfers per week you always get an aspect of flexibility in there. So that's something to keep in mind. So Hertha and Freiburg would be on top of my list and the third club I'll mention is Mönchengladbach with games against Bielefeld and Augsburg coming up next. 
Yeah, you know what? I like all of your picks. I'll throw Wolfsburg in there as well. I think they've got some nice fixtures coming up and they are, of course, the form side as well, which does help. Form and fixtures is always nice. And because there's a couple of those teams that, that Flo mentioned that, yeah, great fixtures, but the form hasn't been great. Gladbach, Hertha. So it's a case of, yes, you are taking a risk, but I do like the ability to take a risk in these next four match days. The other thing we should maybe mention, Flo, is that Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig and Leverkusen actually do all have good fixtures, but after this weekend and so a question from at Ralph E.A. Smith says, because these four teams generally have some of the most enticing picks, but they all end up playing each other this weekend. He says, picking anyone from those four teams, Lewandowski and possibly Haaland aside, feels like a big risk. He says, who from the four teams is worth a gamble this weekend, do you think? Yeah, it's really tough to say. If we would have unlimited transfers next week, <laughs> I'm not sure I would have any of these four teams, players in my squad. Agreed. But you already mentioned it. Like Bayern is traveling to Leipzig, but then it's Bochum and Fürth. Leipzig is playing Bayern, but then it's Cologne, Hertha and Bochum with, with three home games in the next four coming up for, for Leipzig as well. So they have nice fixtures coming up. With Dortmund, they travel to Leverkusen, then it's a home game against Union, then it's traveling to Mönchengladbach. So I think that Dortmund's fixtures are not the like the easiest one uh, on the next three match days. Yeah, fair. And Leverkusen, they got after the Dortmund game, they got Stuttgart, Mainz, and Bielefeld coming. So from the top four, if we call them uh, this, because they play each other on this week, and I think Dortmund is the only one who's like you, you. You're not feeling if you're in West right now, you get like the benefit of easy fixtures coming up. So I might even be more inclined to invest in a Leverkusen player, like like a Frimpong, for instance, in in defense, like a Bakker, if I feel that I can't get enough. Uh, of these top clubs in the next weeks because I'm I'm now I'm missing out on them. So uh, with Dortmund, I think it's a bit tougher. I'm I'm not sure that even Haaland is going to make my squad. To be honest, uh, he's a what they would call a wackel candidate in German, so yeah. a, a wobble wobble candidate uh, for me as well. Like I have made some teams with him in it and without him in it right now with unlimited transfers just to see what I can do with the money and then who else I would go for up front. But I do agree with you. I mean, that is the thing that, that people do need to be aware of. Yes, it's a good idea to maybe avoid some of these fixtures, but bear in mind, you can only bring three players from these four teams in next week and that's already using all of your transfers up. And if you need to do more, then you get yourself in a bit of a pickle. So yes. do think one week down. I mean, the good news is, I mean, something that we may talk about later. I don't think Bayern against Leipzig, even in Leipzig, are that scary a prospect based on how Leipzig have performed at the start of this season. Yeah, I wouldn't say that necessarily because Leipzig conceded just 25 shots, which is the least amount uh, of the Bundesliga. And second in that regard is Bayern with 29 shots. So what we've seen so far, Leipzig haven't performed, but like their defense is still very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've tightened up. I mean, I, they conceded two goals in three games and lost two games, which is the worst possible outcome. That is, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't necessarily go too much into. Yeah, they only have three points. I, w I would rather look at it the way. Okay, like they're not performing at their best, but they still 
have a very tight backline. And that's why, like, I'm definitely keeping Lewandowski in my squad. It's a standalone fixture. And uh, I talked about it, like, the, the coming weeks, you have to have some involvement probably in your squad. Or you might gain on the field on this match day, but you, you, you're being left behind in the dust in coming weeks. Uh, I think that's... Bochum and Furt. Bochum and Furt yeah. are his next games. You can't, you can't not have no, him. Uh, that's why I personally, is, is, like, if I, I can't fault you if you say I'm, I'm not picking any Bayern players. So they're so high price. We've got yeah. with Alfonso Davis. We're not sure if he's able to play or not. Very true. So, um, you, you got question marks. The two guys I would go for if I had to were uh, Lewandowski I'm going for and the other guy would be Kimmich just because of like the certainty of playing time and his involvement and in, in shots and being pretty reliable although you could argue a bit overpriced yeah for what he's giving you yeah to an extent very consistent though and that is certainly something that Kimmich brings to the table I did in answer to this question I did write three differential names down Luca Hernandez who as Flo mentioned we've got doubts about Davies so we wait to hear news from that but if Davies is out Hernandez should play and Hernandez is a a big game player and loves challenges one as well which is always good for defenders I wrote down Julian Brandt for Dortmund who may face his former club because of course Giovanni Reina has picked up an injury on international duty and Florian Wirtz is another one a name we haven't mentioned too much this season but I have a feeling he might be about to break back onto the scene we saw a glimpse of it last time out against Augsburg came off the bench goal assist lovely stuff that's what we like to see from Wirtz and so I just wonder whether he might start shining again for Leverkusen over the next four match days but let's move on because we were talking about the strikers there and we do have a question about that from at Satva underscore Shah who says with Lewandowski and Haaland locked in who do you think is the best option up front for A, just this match day flow but B, over the span of the next four as well and You've even said that Haaland's not locked in. And I, w I would agree with you there. I wouldn't necessarily... Like, the problem is, Flo, I go back and forth. His form is so undeniable. And when he's in this type of form, it feels hard to not have him in your squad, even though I do think players could outscore him this weekend. And that's my predicament. Yeah, 100% agree. Alternatives, I, I would look at Andre Kramaric. Uh, they're facing Mainz this week, and then they're traveling to Bielefeld. I think that's nice. Another guy, if you want to save... A lot is Ishak Belfodil, uh, who's playing for Hatta. He's going to be in the starting lineup. He's um, pretty cheap, 5.8 million if I uh, scroll, uh, read my own handwriting correctly here, which isn't a given, but I'm pretty certain it's 5.8 for Belfodil. And of course, Wout Wechost is another option with Wolfsburg traveling to third, 14.7 million. I probably wouldn't think of another striker. You could argue that a Frankfurt striker would be interesting, but they're playing on Sunday, so we don't get the confirmed lineups until the transfer is locked. And I don't want to risk it because we're not sure Lamas, Bore, uh, even Ache, who, who's going to play. Maybe even Paciencia, uh, who got praised uh, from, from Glasner and came on from the bench last time out at Bielefeld. So I'm not taking risks on a match day where the lineups of five matches confirmed before I have to lock in my transfers. I don't, I don't think that would be a smart move. Yeah. And another one and I almost forgot is Alassane Player, who hasn't done a lot uh, so far by Gladbach facing off Bielefeld. 
They conceded the fifth most shots in the Bundesliga so far, although getting results so far. But still, like I always believe the player uh, has ability to score big. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you start mentioning Alisson player, and I start having flashbacks to last season, Flo. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, at some point, one of these is he's going to come off good, and it may be Bielefeld. Yeah, I'm going to say that every week, and yeah. once like <laughs> he's doing a hat trick, I say, yeah, I told you so. It's the game of probabilities. That's what we play here. Um, no, you know what? I like those picks, and I, I really like the Belfordil one. I was actually going to mention him later because for me, there's Belfordil, and there's another striker up front that could be big enablers in this unlimited transfer window if people need them and want to take that risk with one of their striking slots. The difference is, and there's a reason that Flo mentioned Belfordil because he's top of the two for me as well. But I will mention the other striker later on. We'll move on for now to the next question. And this one is actually, you know what, I'll take this one, Flo, because it's at FBL Thinker who says, which is the best goalkeeper combination for four match days? Do you recommend rotation between two keepers or just one set and forget? Now, I think it was interesting. Both you and I took the approach of what set and forget from match day one one to three question for you quickly has your strategy changed yeah probably yes okay mine's going to because well. Riemann and Borchardt like they're not playing at the same kickoff time yep. until the next international break you have to pay up like 3.1 million from a 1 million goalkeeper to get Borchardt or 4.1 million sorry um, 4.1 million more Forgetting the possibility to switch in goalkeepers. I think I'm going to take that. But unlike you, I haven't done my drafts so far, uh, how my team will, uh-huh. will look. No, I'm really, I'm really glad you said that because for me, it's basically the fact that the two cheapest starting goalkeepers, as you say, have four different kickoff times. I don't know if it had been a different mix up or those Ibokut and Riemann had played together at the same time a couple of times. I'm not sure I'd have gone for it. And I might have then gone with the one and done set and forget type approach. But because the two cheapest goalkeepers in the game that are starting regularly don't dovetail perfectly, I, it seems like the perfect option. I know who is it? Is it Riemann and, oh no, Buchert and Hradecki also dovetail really well throughout. But for me at that point, save the money because Riemann and Burkhardt have both shown that they can make a lot of saves and they're going to have their goal peppered. Those are both wonderful combinations for, for fantasy owners. I just think the one problem with this flow is that this might just level the playing field in the goalkeeper spot. I feel like a lot of squads will have Riemann and Burkhardt and leave it at that. And so there's not going to be much differential potential there. The good news is we've got that in other positions, so we don't have to worry. So and not everyone will do it. True. So still, I know I, I, I was thinking about saying I can go with one and then do the other to get myself a bit of an advantage, but it's not how we roll <laughs> here. But yeah, of course, it seems like the most obvious well, no, decision. It, 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 it is because genuinely, Flo, the amount, yeah, the amount of times that we say things on the podcast and then all our decisions change the day after when we listen to a few press conferences, you, nothing's guaranteed on this show. Yeah, but Borchardt <laughs> and Riemann seems like the most logical choice there is. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so I, I, it's too, it's too good to get yeah, away from. I, I don't think it will, like 4 million will be the difference that I decide otherwise. Okay. Let's end part one then on a very quick and easy question. A player driven one flow from our good friend Korosh for you, who says Lenz or Kadazhebek? A uh, Lenz for me. Uh, he has a standalone fixture at home against Stuttgart, first game on Sunday. Um, and that puts him over the edge for me. Although Kaderabek is more likely to score um, because he's good after set pieces. But we still like, we're not sure that he's 100%. That's going to be his first game this season if he's in the starting lineup. 
yeah, who, who knows how long he's going to play. Uh, I think there's definitely much more risk attached with Kadarabic, although like like with Rossignon, like Kadarabic actually is way more likely to score than, than Rossignon is and l more likely than Lenz. Lenz is going to get his points by passes to a shot, maybe get, getting a shot off himself, but like as a left back, I don't think it's very likely that he's going to score against Stuttgart. No, I would agree with you there. I'm, and that's kind of the way I would look at it. If I was picking a defender just for this weekend, I'd pick Lenz. If I'm picking one for the next couple of weeks, I'd go Karajabek. So hope that answers your question, Korosh. Okay, we will leave it there for part one, then part two. As always, we'll be going through the fixture list. So join us then. to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy and we can get our teeth stuck into the match day four fixtures. Of course, no Friday night game due to the international break. That does mean we will get a host of starting lineup confirmations to choose from on Saturday. It does also mean that Flo and I won't be able to do a Twitter spaces the way we've been doing pre-match day because I will be uh, gearing up in the studios to commentate Hoffenheim against Mainz. So the time will be tight yeah. and I'm sure Flo will be in the office tickering away as well. Yeah, later on. But I'm... Um, oh, oh, you've got the late game. No, I'm not sure actually which game <laughs> I have. But uh, I'm definitely going to watch Ingolstadt against Bremen. Oh, well, okay. See, that's uh, there are... So, and that's ending... 20 past 3 yeah. so that's definitely so that's it Sat Saturdays don't quite uh, work into the Twitter spaces schedule uh, the way a Friday night game does but I, I just check um, I've got the late second Bundesliga game which is Hamburg against Sandhausen. So we, like that's probably the best match there is well, all weekend. You're getting your fill in the title Bundesliga, I swear. I mean, that, yes. that league is delivering, though. That league is delivering uh, in terms of the entertainment quality. So, no, I mean, but let's let's talk about top tier. And, you know, what we'll start with the biggest game on that Saturday slot, uh, Leverkusen against Dortmund. The good news for fantasy owners, there has at least been one goal scored in the last 12 meetings between these two sides and only one draw. The... Question I've kind of got coming into this, we've talked a bit about these two teams' flow, but with Dortmund, it's their midfield situation. Giovanni Reina was the shining star, but we no longer have him available. But Jude Bellingham is also showing a little bit that he's added to his game up front this season, and that does make him a potentially more viable fantasy candidate, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but not, not for me on this match day. Because you, you don't even get the benefit of being a standalone fixture, adding to your flexibility... Uh, with Dortmund, so Bellingham is 11.6, which is actually quite nice price tag for him. But in this price range, there are a lot of other players I'd, I'd rather have in my team next match day than Jude Bellingham. So if you had to pick a player from this game, who would you be picking then? Probably Rafael Guerrero, because he showed first game he was back, the quality he has in providing opportunities for his colleagues. And I think right now he's probably the best defender in the game. I just like don't like the matchup as, as much. But if I feel like price, like I have enough money to spend, then maybe I see myself going for Guerrero. Uh, just because I, I think he can be really a difference maker in defense going forward. I'm, I'm just not sure that it's going to happen this match day, but like, yeah. uh, he has a quality to, to do it, uh, of course. 
Yeah, that, uh, for me, Guerrero and Sosa are the two that I can feel confident will have some sort of attacking input every game, which of course is what we want. And that's consistently, you know, we had Angelino do it last season. We've talked about Alfonso Davies, but he had, you know, a good return against Hertha, uh, getting that early assist. But, you know, those, he hasn't, he wasn't actually involved in a lot of shots on goal in that game. Whereas with Guerrero and Sosa, you really do feel like their baseline of just being involved in at least probably setting up two shots on goal for a, a teammate. That's already a wonderful thing to work with as a fantasy owner. So I would agree with you there. Let's talk about Union against Augsburg. Someone I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, Tyro Awonyi, he's had a direct hand in seven goals in six competitive matches so far this season, five goals, two assists. Now the, when I brought him up, Flo, your point was that he's actually not being involved in a lot of shots. Is that still a concern for you, despite his form? Not necessarily. So he was involved in 10 shots so far this season in three games, which is like, it's at least decent. Uh, it's not up there with the top guys, but um, maybe we, we see that change and Augsburg is a, is a poor side and he's cheap enough. Um, that I think about him. So seven point four is this price tag, but I'm I'm not sure that, that that I'm ready to go there. But like for me, there's one must-have player of Union Berlin right now, and that's Nico Gieselmann for three point seven million. There you go. Like, yeah, uh, he, he's way he can't too cheap. Keep scoring as big as he is. No, no, no. But he's still a, a great value. I mean, scoring two goals, which means like he's at least getting some shots off. Union, I think, has a decent chance of getting a clean sheet against Augsburg. And there's no competition for him. I mean, they, they brought in Puczak, uh, the, the Polish guy we were actually quite high on going into the season. Yep. But like, it seems not to work out at all with him and Union because they brought in uh, free agent Bastian Uchipka and like to me that says they're not comfortable with Puchac even as a backup because why would they then have to sign Uchipka if Puchac and Giesemann are both healthy they have two left backs and they signed a third left back and, and for me that's like uh, yeah and then, then they didn't put Uchipka in the Europa, Europa Conference League squad which I thought was strange as well so they, they still prefer Puchas for the Europa Conference League, but they've got Ochevka. It's, it's a very complicated situation at left back, but Gieselman seems to be the big winner. So I'm with you. Yeah. 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 And like, even if like you can't expect him to score, uh, to score a goal every other game, but for 3.7 million, he, he doesn't have to. Uh, to return value. No, absolutely not. And I mean, Union, let's be honest, they're a, a tough nut to crack still defensively. And we are waiting to see how their Europa Conference League exploits do affect them. But that doesn't play into this weekend. You don't have to worry too much. I mean, you might want to consider not holding on to Union assets for too long. But against Augsburg, I do like them. And that was it. I was almost wondering this was a, a game to steer clear of. But I also think there's an opportunity for a bit of a differential in this match, if you fancy the gamble. Yeah, and if you're a hipster, you can always go for Max Cruz, of course. Of course. I mean, it's, it would be a miss <laughs> if we wouldn't mention him. He was involved in 10 shots as well. And he's 11 point something. So I probably would go Avonier over Cruiser just because yeah. of the difference in price tag. 
But I can't fault you if you want to go with Cruiser just because it feels much, much better. Yeah, I will never fault anyone for picking Max Cruiser in their squad. That man is a delightful footballer and his ability to make other players around him like Taiwo Awanyi into better players is, is incredible. I don't think there's anyone that's quite had that impact on so many different players and different teams throughout a career in the Bundesliga like Max Cruiser has. But that's a debate for another time, I'm sure. Let's move on to another game that might offer a few differential routes as well. Freiburg against Köln. These are two teams that, well, I'd say Freiburg we always look to for differentials in the season every now and again, but Köln are starting to become a candidate as a team to do that this season. Two players I just want to pick out. Uh, Wu Yong Jong, of course, had his incredible brace scored last time out, bursting onto the scene. He has now scored three times in his last four Bundesliga appearances. And meanwhile, on the flip side, Anthony Modest, he has five goals in eight meetings with Freiburg. And I will go to a question from a listener about Anthony Modest first flow. At Rasmus Lomas says, with Köln having three tough-ish matchups coming uh, in the likes of Freiburg, Leipzig and Frankfurt, do you think Modeste is still a good value for money option or is there someone better around his value? Yeah, I mean, we already talked about Belfodil, who's even cheaper. We talked about Avonii. I think we'll mention another striker in that price range, probably in the next match, James. I haven't uh, the, checked the, no, you haven't. votes with you, but I'm pretty certain you meant a player from the next match. And um, so I'm, I wouldn't think about bringing in Modeste or any other Cologne player for that matter because they're playing Leipzig next week. I think it's it's almost a toss-up between Freiburg and Cologne who's going to do better. And then I'm always siding with a team who has a better matchup next week. And Freiburg is traveling to Mainz and Cologne is hosting Leipzig. So that's an easy one for me. Absolutely. But talk to me about the Freiburg midfield conundrum because there are three names that stick out here. Grifo, of course, he's the, you know, the true tried and tested, you know, fantasy faithful. We've got Roland Trelai, who is a, a bit of a hit and miss player, but more hit than miss nowadays, seemingly, which is a good thing. And he plays in this very advanced role that sees him involved in lots of shots on goal, but also shots from inside the area, which is always a good indicator. And then, of course, we've got Jong, who's thrown his name into the mix, 4.4 million. So he's your, cheap alternative how do you navigate that midfield flow i'm locking in grifo probably just because i like him that much and like he's involved in pretty much everything usually uh, when he's on on the field and on the pitch with set duties and everything else I, i'm pretty sure that grifo will be in my squad but because young is so cheap with 4.4 million I think it's even viable to double up the Freiburg midfield, especially with their matchups coming up and picking Grifo and Jong. So I'm not 100% sure that Jong is going to keep his place like for all eternity because he's basically playing as a kind of second striker right now. Peterson is back from injury. Demirovic is like, Missing, not in action, but in not action because he's, he's not playing for some reason. But we've seen him being a, a pretty good Bundesliga striker. So something has happened there. The landscape at Freiburg can change. And I feel like no matter what, it's going to change with, with Grifo still being an integral part. And I, I don't think that that can be said about Jong. It probably can be said about Charlai. But like his price tag is so close to Grifo that I'm probably like always prefer Grifo over Shalai. 
Uh, Koshala is 10.4, Grifo is 12.4. So it's 2 million difference. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I take the, like the perceived certainty with Grifo rather than, than the more risky pick of Shalai. That's it. I think the set-piece duties that Grifo has are worth the extra 2 million alone, as we saw against Dortmund with the incredible free kick he scored. Okay, let's move on. Hoffenheim against Mainz. Yeah, now, I, I, I want to, like, my player pick. Oh, go for it. Yeah, player pick. Yeah. I thought it was Grifo. Christian Gunter. Ah. We talked about the <laughs> midfield, course. so I, 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 I throw in uh, a defender. Christian Gunter, 11.3 million. Yeah, he, he's a good, good fantasy player. And with the matchups coming up, I plan to have Gunther and Grifo in my squad for until the next international break. Yeah, I, I can't lie. I'm doing the exact same thing. So I'm glad you highlighted Gunther as well. Or are you, James? Huh? Or you, did you want that? I, <laughs> I kept that to no, myself. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, well, no, genuinely, I've got Gunther and Grifo and I'm very happy that you mentioned Gunther yeah. because the fact is we needed to mention him. He's actually, despite the first three fixtures for Freiburg not being that great, he's already picked up 25 points yeah, this season. He so yeah. he's showing that he's, he's almost fixture proof as well, which is brilliant. So no, you are, we have to mention him. We would be not doing our listeners the, the duty we des they deserve if we were not to mention Christian Gunther. But now I'm intrigued because you talked about the, the budget strategy. Striker uh, coming from this next fixture, and admittedly, this is not the fixture I had the striker coming from. Oh. But there are two interesting options in this one that I do give to you. Now, Hoffenheim against Mainz. We talk about Andre Kramrich. He has scored, assisted, or both in seven straight Bundesliga matches. That was until Hoffenheim lost to Dortmund. So you can hope that that's a bit of a blip in the in the system. He scored four and assisted three in eight matches against Mainz. But these two strikers that we should probably talk about here is Jorginho Ruter of Hoffenheim, yes. who is expected to start up front and Adam Scholle as well no. who showed exactly what oh, what he brings to the table as a super budget option I thought last time out yeah I'm, I'm not a Scholle friend so to speak so I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry celebration. If, if, if Abel our friend from Talking Football is <laughs> listening right now but like, I've never like I, I'm not sure that, that Adam Scholle is still a good Bundesliga player so I'm not and like I'm not even thinking I haven't checked his price tag so I'm not even sure how much he is it's four point something it's four point it's, something yeah, but I'll be can, honest there are players ahead of you can pay me five million and I wouldn't <laughs> like pick Salah okay well then let's talk about Ruter or let, let's talk in general about this game where are you investing because Mainz have given us a lot of different looks already this season but we have seen there's maybe a bit of fantasy potential in there especially their back line Moussa Niakate taking penalties Silvan Vidma and Anderson Lukoki looked really good in the last game as well but then Hoffenheim we talked about the fact that they've got good fixtures coming up and could be one worth investing in so where are you looking to put your money in this game uh, who who did play Mainz um, the last match there, James? Well, okay, Kreuterford. Okay, thanks. That's that's exactly my point. So I I, I don't like Lukoki got twenty three points because he scored a goal uh, sorry, against Kreuterford. I'm talking yeah. in the, in the general like what we've seen from Mainz. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I, I okay. know, but like I I don't think that like I I like Hoffenheim far better in in, in this one. And uh, I like Kramaric. Uh, I think if I'm going to pay up for another striker, apart from Lewandowski, it's quite likely that it's going to be Kramaric because he's involved in so much and he's a pretty safe pick. We know that. We get the lineup um, before we have to confirm our transfer. So if Ruta starts, he's actually an interesting option for 7 million. He came off the bench at Dortmund and I, uh, he impressed me as a player 
but like he wasn't efficient in a fantasy sense, but we know that can change. So he, he definitely passed the eyeball test for me so far when he was on the pitch. I just feel with Ritter, there are so many alternatives to him. They've got Dabur, uh, Bibu is probably back in the frame for the first time this season. So I, I think the likelihood of him getting more than 60, 65 minutes is probably not that high. And that's why I actually prefer Avuni or even Belfodil yeah, um, uh, over him. Which is funny you mentioned that because it actually brings something up that we forgot to mention in the last episode, but something that we discovered as well. The 70-minute mark is even more important now because it also affects player value. If your player doesn't play over 70 minutes, they are not eligible to an increase or decrease. Something that I yeah I don't know whether it's worth mentioning. It's a very niche thing. Un unless the, the player doesn't play at all. True, of course, yeah. So if the player doesn't play at all, you he like his value is reducted by one hundred thousand. Yeah, but that came up when Dominic Schorschlei had his incredible game and he didn't raise in value, and it was because he got brought off before the seventieth minute. So it's a very small thing, but it's worth just putting out there because I think not many people would have been aware of it. I admit I wasn't aware of it until I noticed the Schorschlei thing and then questioned it. So yeah, just worth worth pointing that out. Shall we move on to the next game? Foot against Wolfsburg, or do you have a player pick from this one? I guess it's Kramaric. Yeah, Kramaric it is. Um, I think we saw some sign of life uh, from Baumgartner. Yeah, but... Tell you, big game Baumgartner. Yeah, yeah. He loves a big game. <laughs> I'm still not, still not sure that like I'm going that route with him. Yeah, I think there are better midfield options that may be safer bets this time around. But you wouldn't yeah. necessarily. Well, we we talked about Kadarabek, but yes. like, yeah, and, and I'm not thinking to invest uh, into the mind side. Yeah, maybe like I'm too negative about them. I mean, they're playing Freiburg at home next next match day, which isn't that bad. But after that is is Leverkusen and Union, so it's like they they. On paper, the next four match days, there's no one where you feel like, oh, I have definitely to get some Mainz players into my squad. And with Lukoki, like with Aaron, he was so so cheap that I felt like it's it's warranted to 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 gamble on him. With Lukoki, with over six million, like you pray just a little bit up, and you you get players from from a premium club almost. So yeah, I mean, I just yeah. as I say my point about Mainz and the, the wing backs is more about the fact that in every game this season, we've seen the wingbacks have good attacking returns, whether it was Martin, whether it was Lukoki, whether it was Vidmer, and, and that's just a good side for fantasy owners going forward. But you're right, the fixtures don't look great for Mainz. They do turn ar around about the end of October. They have a nice run of fixtures that is sandwiched between a game against Gladbach at home. But uh, that might be the time to jump on that bandwagon, but now is not it. So let's talk about Furt against Wolfsburg, because Wolfsburg are a bandwagon, probably worth jumping on. Val Vekos, we've mentioned his name, he scored 54 goals in 103 Bundesliga appearances to date. That includes... 10 goals in eight games against promoted sides. So Flo, who's top of the Wolfsburg shopping list for you? Because the one question mark we do have here is about a certain Riedler Baku and where he's going to play. It's depending on uh, if Kevin Mbabu is in or out. Uh, I think if Mbabu is out, then Baku is playing as a right back. Like Transfermark is already having Mbabu as not being able to play, but I haven't so seen... Kicker. Yeah, kicker as well. But I haven't seen any news on that. So I'm, I'm questioning myself where, like, where's the source from, uh, Mbabu not playing? So that's, that, so if he's not playing, Baku plays as a right back. He's not viable in fantasy in that role, in my opinion. Renato Steffen Wood. 
So um, if he's playing as an attacking winger for 9.2 million, you definitely could go there. But I think I'm going to gamble a bit and think that Maximilian Arnold is the best pick out of this match. Because the landscape changed a bit at Wolfsburg because Schlager tore his ACL, which means that Arnold is now not paired up with Schlager, who's like a box-to-box -box midfielder who, who went forward a lot, but is paired with Joshua Gilavugi, who's just like a holding midfielder. And um, Arnold is now free for his more roaming attacking role, uh, which we've seen from him in the past, having great fantasy returns still getting set pieces and playing at third for 12.1 million. I actually think like he's an under the radar pretty good by because his situation has changed. Or, or at least that's what I'm expecting. So maybe if Van Bommel brings on Gerhard and Arnold is playing more in, uh, in the holding role, um, in a more defensive role than in the first um, two, uh, three match days and that. Uh, my bad, but I expect Gilavogi to play there, and I, I think then Arnold has much more leeway to, to go up front and, and do some damage. And that's why I, I, I like him. And in defense, I, because Mbappé was questionable, I mean, if he's playing, he would probably be my preferred pick uh, of the Wolfsburg defenders for 10.8 million. But like if he's sitting Jerome Rossignon for 7.5 million and not because he scored last time out, just because I want some involvement in a Wolfsburg backline against like a not so good third team. And Rossignon is the guy most likely to get some attacking returns for me. And that's like, that will be my reasoning behind that. Uh, a spot-on assessment of the of the Wolfsburg squad. Yeah, I really can't add anything to it. You've hit a lot of the nails on the head, and I've got Renato Steffen in my draft team right now. So I'm starting to notice that a lot of what Flo's saying means that the way I've drafted my team may mean we have a very, very similar team, which may mean I now need to rethink everything again. So I'm going to have a fun evening ahead of me. But now let's, let's move on to Leipzig against Bayern, because this is the big one Saturday evening. We've talked about it a little bit already. We've got two star strikers. Silva has, has scored against 13 of the 18 current Bundesliga sides but Bayern are not one of them meanwhile Lewandowski has five goals in nine league meetings with Leipzig we've talked about this game enough in terms of steer clear or not Flo so a question from a listener about one player in particular Sprecher Fußball asks has the Bayern midfield situation become clearer or even more muddied with the acquisition of Marcel Sabitzer they're definitely more muddied but not for this game I still think that Goretzka and Kimmich are the first choice and Müller as the number 10, that like these three guys uh, will start if no one is injured in this game. And uh, Sabitzer has to play in less important games. So maybe uh, next week against Bochum or the uh, week after that against Fürth, we'll see uh, Sabitzer. But um, so it's, it's definitely more rotation risks. But I believe especially it's more rotation risk for Goretzka. Because, um, I mean, jo Joshua Kimmich, he did play in the cup match against the fifth-tier German tie. So uh, Kimmich and Müller were the only ones from the uh, usual starting eleven who actually played there. And I, like, I don't think that it was uh, Nagelsmann's 
idea that they have to play that game. I just think, feel like Kimmich wants to play every game and it's maybe tough for a coach to keep his most influential player on the bench if he doesn't like to. And so uh, I feel that with Kimmich, you, you can feel, you still feel pretty safe. I think we said everything uh, about that match. So I, I probably won't have any Leipzig players. They're traveling to Cologne after that match. Which isn't the the easiest fixture to have yeah, this season yeah. under Baumgart. So it's last not season the, that would have been a different ball game. Yeah, last season it's a different ball game. This season it's not. Yeah, and last season Cologne beat uh, Leipzig at home. True. So um, true. That's definitely something uh, to keep in mind. So um, I'm looking to invest in Leipzig in two match days because then they hosting Berlin and then they hosting Bochum. So they got two home games in a row. Uh, two match days from now, and then it's an international break. So that's my plan. So I'm, I'm don't, I won't have any Leipzig players, and I uh, just will have Robert Lewandowski out of this game. Yep, I'm with you. I, Kimmich is still right now in my squad, um, but he is again a vaca candidate along with uh, Mr. Erling Haaland. Let's move on to the Sunday games because uh, this is where we're going to get the majority of our flexibility, starting with Frankfurt against Stuttgart. Now, Stuttgart have lost just three of their previous 12 Bundesliga trips to Frankfurt, but they are winless in three in Germany's financial capital. And the question I have here, Flo, is I look at these two squads and I go, there's attacking potential and fantasy potential in both, but they're both on a bit of uneven footing. Stuttgart had that incredible start, but have dropped off a little bit. Frankfurt, of course, have just had a terrible start for the most part. So where's your money going here? Because this is actually the game where I see the other low-budget enabler, um, and that being uh, Mohamed El-Hadioy. Just on the fact that he's four, I think 4.4 million had 18 points last time out. And I'm not saying you can expect those types of returns every game, but he's a player that clearly thrives off service from the wings. And when you have someone like Borna Sosa in your squad, then I still like the idea of El Hadioy being a pretty consistent returner of fantasy points over the next couple of weeks while he still has that lone striker role to himself. I agree in principle. Uh, he's 4.4 million. I actually haven't thought about him because I'm I like, I haven't thought about Stuttgart because after like, uh, really handing it to Fürth, like they, they've been a disappointment. So I'm, I'm, I mean, Frankfurt has been disappointing as well. I, I still feel like Frankfurt is a better side. Um, although we're not sure, like the whole Kostic kerfuffle, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how that will impact. It's definitely muddying the water for all Frankfurt assets. And like the only guy I feel safe in this game is Christopher Lenz, 9.3 million. And there's a high likelihood of me bringing him in just because of added flexibility, standalone fixture. Stuttgart, like in games with, with Stuttgart, there's been the most goals so far, 15 goals so far in matches with Stuttgart involvement. So I, I think that maybe this is the time then that Frankfurt can get their, their first win. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, you, you, Yeah, you could make an argument for, like you said, Sosa will always be viable and attacking. Yeah, you, you can make an argument for that. But Well, I, say, I mean, I say I, that. I'd I probably mean... rather go Lens or, or just stay away from this game. 
as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you say that Sosa, Sosa is a bit more of a risk now because he had that incredible game against Foot, three assists, but he's, what well, I think it was minus one on match day two and zero points on match day three, if I'm not mistaken. So the fact is we're seeing that actually even someone like Borna Sosa, who looked like he could be a star this season, may not be a reliable source of points. So the the, the back line, I think, defense as a, as a market is a bit of a minefield right now, and it's kind of what we've been alluding to, and that's why Guerrero stands out as such a good pick because he seems like the most consistent why Sosa, even in this minefield, still seems like a good second, third, fourth choice uh, defender right now, based on what's out there. So this will be an interesting game. I'm intrigued to see how it shapes up because I mean, the problem for Frankfurt is they don't have good fixtures until the next international break. Yeah, Wolfsburg uh, away from home, Köln at home, and then Bayern away from home. So they're not really a side I'm looking to invest in over the next four games. What I want to do with them is watch them over the next four games and figure out who I can invest in after the next international break, when I hope for their fixtures will take a turn for the better. And Stuttgart are the same. I'm still kind of, I'm willing to keep my faith in Borna Sosa, but that may be it for now. And then you look at the differentials. You've got Massimo, who is a, a consistent source of points and, and attacking returns down the right flank. And then El Hadioy, both up front and both cost you less than 5 million. So I look at Stuttgart to Sosa and a couple of differentials in there as well. Let's talk about Bochum Hertha, because this is an interesting one as well. Now, with three straight losses, Hertha have made their worst ever start to a Bundesliga season. They last lost their opening four games of a top-flight campaign in 1972-73. And we've got a question from a listener, at Shalai D, who says, What do you think about Hertha assets flow? Good fixtures, but the Berliners didn't look well in their first three match days, and there are a lot of newcomers who have come in as well. Yeah, it's tough with Hertha, because they can definitely disappoint but I still would invest in them in this fixture. Like I said before, with Freiburg against Cologne, I think is is nearly a coin flip how this match will go. But Bochum, they are traveling to Bayern next week and uh, Hertha hosting Fürth on Friday evening next match day. So like that, it couldn't really, you couldn't have a more different next match day for these two games. And that's why I think that Hatta is highly investable, although you got the risk of them like they haven't shown anything. But we know from like Ishak Belfodil is a good fantasy striker because he's pretty selfish. Uh, he shoots from like every time he sees a goal, he tries to shoot, which is good in a fantasy sense. And he actually can score. He, he has all the makings of a good fantasy striker for just 5.8. He's, he's John Cordoba, with, but with good finishing. He's got better finishing than John Cordoba, but they're exactly the same, like bulldozer-type players, raw power, but selfish in front of goal. They want to score goals. Belfordal, I, I think he could be a huge, huge game-changer for Hertha up front. Yeah, it's uh, he, he's going to play the Selke role because he's injured. And like Selke, at times we laughed about Selke, but like Dada's, like he stated how important Selke is for that for their match. So I think that uh, the role of Belfodil will be pretty important, especially since Jovetic got himself injured uh, during the international break. So yeah, big blow. Uh, you 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 got job security around Belfodil. It would be a huge surprise to me if he wouldn't be in the starting lineup for Hatta. Yeah. I mean, are you looking anywhere else in this hair to side though? Because I mean, you're right. This game against Furt on Friday next time around it is too good to pass up the opportunity to get hair to plays in your squad. Now, it does feel like a bit of a honey trap, as you say, because they haven't performed well. So you might dip your hand in there and actually come out empty handed. But 
where else are you looking? Because Belfordil stands out, but at the back, I'm struggling to to get really, you know, excited about any of their defenders. And Suat said, I had my interest, but even he hasn't quite really shown exactly what he's capable of in the capital yet. Well, and I don't have to go there. Well, when you got Marco Richter, who's probably uh, starting as a striker and costs you seven million and is slotted in as a midfielder, so I'm not looking further. I'm, I'm probably going to slot in Marco Richter. Wow. Of course, he's like there's there's a lot of risk attached, but it's not the last match of the match day. And maybe we got like a few players from the last match that I'm interested in. So I'm <laughs> planning on like if Richter isn't performing, like he's boom or bust. He can have a big game for seven million. Definitely. Uh, and if not, I'm swapping him out and. Like, no hard feelings. And uh, that's how I would probably go about. And if I were to invest in the defender of the Hatza side, it would be probably Sifuik, um for six million. Let's talk of Hatza playing with a three-man backline again. He, he's playing on the right flank then. Uh, it's not 100% job security, but I still feel that he's very likely to start. And we've seen him at least having some attacking returns in the past. I mean, he got you minus two points uh, last week, minus one so far this season. Yeah, but I still might click his name, which sounds crazy. But Fantasy is about anticipating what happens in the future flow, not about what has happened in the past. Yeah. So there you go. And um, um, like one thing to add, only Furt conceded more shots on goal than Bochum did so far this season and yep. um, uh, yeah that's definitely an added bonus if you fielding Hatta players well like, I mean I look at these two games uh, Bochum and Furt and, and genuinely if if they don't get positive results in them then Dada is under the under the cosh already yeah and he's that's, gone then I th- yeah I think he could be gone I, I didn't want to quite yeah. go to that extreme but I think he could be sacked and like then Hertha are just in turmoil again and so I, at this point I almost look at them and go I'd like to back them to really raise themselves for Dardai which is something that we have seen Dardai manage to get out of his teams in the past as well but fingers crossed we'll see what happens Right, let's move on to the final fixture uh, of match day four then, because this is another one that does pique the interest. Gladbach against Bielefeld. Now, Alassane Player, we've mentioned him already. He was on target in last season's corresponding fixture, which you might remember was a 5-0 win for Gladbach. Uh, Armenia's heaviest defeat for 11 years. The other players on the score sheet that day were Mbolo, who bagged a brace. Ben Zabayini, who unfortunately does sound like he is out injured because he might have been an interesting differential for this match day. And Marcus Turam, who, again, is out injured right now. And this is the thing with, with Gladbach flow. Good fixtures, poor form, injuries galore. So how do you navigate? Well, I started Jonas Hofmann in midfield and I feel really, really good about uh, it. So he he's definitely almost the first guy on my team sheet because like he's, he's performing so far. He's involved in 5.2 shots on goal. Uh, on average per 90 minutes, which is the highest by far of any Gladbach player. And it's actually like a really decent one, even for other clubs. If like, if keep in mind, they're not producing a lot of shots so far this season. So like this is even higher if, if another player from a club that produces way more shots has like the same amount of shots. It's like in comparison, it's less because... The market share of shots that, that Hofmann has is way higher than from a lot of other 
people. So he, he didn't actually feature in the first game. Gladbach so far has 40 shots on goal. And Hofmann, oh, I, I, should, uh, I should have got that, that stat before, but he had a shot in like way more than he should have like on average because he's so important. And um, that's why uh, I prefer him over uh, Lars Stindl. And uh, I, I think he's a, he's a great option for a great price tag at 12.5 million. Um, so, and it, not only because he gave you 16 points last time out, um, but I think he's, he's totally capable of it. And especially like he usually has quite a high floor with his shot involvement that he's not giving you a dud because he's the last player uh, playing for you on the match day. So uh, that's like, if I can, I always keep floor in mind with these players a bit more than uh, players that play on a Friday, for instance. I don't care that much about what, what's the worst possible scenario for that player. So yeah, Hofmann is my player pick here. Another guy I'll mention him with Super Schnäppchen uh, from this game, I think is nearly a must-have player. And uh, we already talked about player up front who's a risk, but he gives you added flexibility and he's the only high-priced option I would think of who's playing later than Lewandowski uh, in kickoff times. Wow, that is interesting. That is interesting. I mean, this is it. I, I look at this game and I think Gladbach are investable as well. Yeah, and I, I kind of can kind of, kind of assume the player that might get mentioned in the Super Snapchat because I think he's a bit of an enabler at the back. We talked about Elfadil and El Hadioy up front. We d- admittedly didn't mention many enablers in midfield necessarily, but there's definitely one at the back as well. So we'll close up the show with our player picks as always. So Flo, I will come to you first for your Vegas choice. Who are you thinking this week? Yeah, I'm staying on brand. I'm going with Alassane Player. <laughs> Love it. And yeah, because I, I think he like he won't be in a lot of squads and could be a big difference maker. And usually like his shot involvement is high. Haven't seen that so far this season from him. But like as a whole, he usually delivers in that regard. No, he certainly does. And as we said, Bielefeld could be a team to do that against this weekend. So I don't mind the pick. He could be a, a very good differential. I went down a, a potentially safer route because ultimately you will know whether he's in Wolfsburg's starting lineup or not. Uh, and I would fully expect him to be. But Renato Steffen, 9.2 million. I do like his prospects. Flo uh, pulled Maximilian Arnold out. And I think it, for me, Renato Steffen and Arnold, the difference is between a Vegas choice and a banker. Steffen could be boom or bust and is a good Vegas choice. Arnold's your banker who you're going to get consistent points from. So I thought I'd throw Stefan out here as my Vegas choice super schnäppchen flow. Who are you going for? It has to be Joe Scully of Gladbach. Only 2.2 million. Like he, like there's no debate that he's going to play uh, as a starting right back or even left back could be if Benzabaini is out. I'm not sure that we have a definite news uh, on that. No, we don't have confirmation per se. No, okay. you're right. I, I think if you want to be different and risk a lot, Luca Nets, if Benzebaini is out, is 4.8 million. He's a left back that has like real attacking prowess in his locker. But even, even if Benzebaini is out, there's still only in my mind a 70% chance maybe that Nets will start. It's, it, it might be even less uh, because another oppo- uh, possibility would be that Scully on Jordan Bayer would be 
the guys playing because we've seen Scully play on the left back as uh, left flank as well as on the right flank. So it could be Bayer right and Scully left. I, I just feel like with Luca Nets, you have the possibility of a boom outcome. But since it's the last game of the match day, I'm not likely to go there. But if you're feeling a bit gambly uh, this weekend, Luca Nets could be. An interesting choice if Benzabaini is out and we get confirmation yeah. uh, on that before. And maybe even Hütter says, so now it's the time for Nets. Uh, we acquired him for a reason. So coaches will do that to like get the, the confidence up of the player. So if there's news on that, I'm like Nets would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. The home game against Bielefeld. Yeah. We, we've seen this on, on, on this match day. We haven't mentioned that because he's playing on a team we're not that interested to invest in. But uh, we already know that Robert Andrich will be in the starting lineup. True, so, um, very true. Um, the, the coach said so much that he's definitely going to start for Leverkusen. Um, yes, so they need we, his, his battling qualities in midfield, yeah. and that's definitely how you describe Robert Andrich, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but like if we get a like a similar quote out of Adi Hütter regarding Luca Nets, he would definitely be an intriguing option. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would assume Gladbach's press conference will be tomorrow at some point, which means that you will get news of Adi Hütter's quotes long before you make your decisions when it comes to your transfers. Yeah, Super Schnepchen, to throw mine in the hat, I don't need to mention him too much more because we've mentioned him so much. Ishak Belfadil, 5.8 million. I really think he's a game changer. He might be one of the worst kept secrets in Bundesliga fantasy this weekend, but we'll let you in on the secret, listeners, because uh, that's what we're here to do. How about your banker flow because i'll be honest i struggled this week with a banker yeah and i was thinking about one of the guys you slotted down here as uh alternatives to to be honest um i'm, I'm not sure i can steal the thunder from you james i'm you're more than welcome to go for it go I, I am then i would um really pick jonas hofmann because looking into his squads uh he scored for germany for the first time during during the break and I, I think like he he's just in good shape right now. He's really important to Gladbach and I see Gladbach at least getting some attacking returns against Bielefeld at home and that's like, and he's involved in so much of what's happening with his set-piece duties and everything else. Like, he would be my banker pick. Yeah, and that's, there's a reason I had his name down as well. That kind of was the conclusion I came to. But to throw two other names out there, I don't think you could go wrong this weekend with Andre Kramrich or Wout Weghorst. So there, there's th two new names out there as well. But I do think Jonas Hoffman is a very valuable pick. So I would agree with Flo there and bring us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. As always, thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on whichever social media platform you prefer. And if you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy League, we are still below a thousand. Uh, so we might still crack that this season. It really would be a lovely little milestone for us. But for now, from me, your host, James Sorrow, good flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. <laughs>